right? We don't, we don't really teach people rah, 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 rush to the back of the room. That's great if you're like a real estate course guy selling that $48 widget or class or book or course, whatever it is. Um, it works for that, but typically they have a ton of chargebacks because they, they were very good at getting people emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then an hour passes and they're like, what the hell did I just buy? Like, you know, where this is like, no, just give me an appointment because I need to sit down with you and, and provide you. I don't even know if this is going to be a good fit. You know, I, I like you. I know you. You trust me. Let me just advise you on this. And if it is one-on-one, I can present the actual price. Welcome to the Viral by Design podcast with Dave Rothero, where we get inside the minds of today's leading viral marketers as they reveal the exact strategies they use to build brands, products, and campaigns that are magnetic to customers, spread like wildfire, and seize the attention of millions. This is Viral by Design. So welcome to another episode of Viral by Design. I'm very excited today to be joined by Riley Meek. Riley is the founder and CEO of the Social Dynamic Selling System, a proprietary three-phase process that helps business owners design, build, and launch a predictable and sustainable and scalable lead generation system. Starting with just $673 in his bank account, Riley went on to produce over $100 million in sales over the past nine years. Now that he's perfected the model through continual trial and error, He's sharing what he's learned, his wisdom, and is on a mission to help other entrepreneurs and business owners achieve the revenue goals that they have to live the lifestyle that they desire. Everything he teaches is tried, tested, refined, and proven to create predictable, sustainable, and scalable selling systems. So, Riley, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, man. Yeah, Dave. Happy to be here, man. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. So, do you mind just giving us a quick rundown of what the social dynamics selling system actually is and how it works? Sure, you bet, dude. So at the core of it, it is uh, dinner seminars. So selling to groups of people, selling one to many versus just selling one on one. And uh, what what we do is we we specialize in in filling a room with um, our clients' ideal prospects. So we identify who their true client avatar is. You know who buys their product. Um, we identify. You know, how do they respond or what type of marketing or media do we need to use to get them to respond, to show up to the event? Uh, and really, we, we can handle everything from getting everybody there up until uh, really delivering the presentation. Uh, we can do that as well, but most of our clients actually own that process themselves. Where we, we teach them and coach them how to deliver a, uh, a presentation, taking people on an emotional journey um, to ultimately uh, create an environment where people can make a decision. Right? I think so many people just nowadays don't like to make decisions. Uh, and so if there's anything that we've we've perfected through this model is getting people to make a decision, whether it's yes or no, you know, obviously we want it to be yes, but if it's no, at least we know K-N-O-W right then and there uh, so we don't have to waste our time any further. So really we are in the business of client acquisition. We just happen to do it through selling to groups of people versus just selling one-on-one. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So what is it that actually drives people to make a decision? What's the, obviously, as you say, people hate making decisions. Like people largely like fall under the the the, um, uh, the mode of inaction until something actually drives them, whether it be a pain or whether it be something. So how is it you guys do that? Yeah, well, you hit it on the head there. People are usually motivated by, you know, opportunity for for gain or more or for fear of loss, right? Or that that pain that you'd mentioned. So what we do, though, I'm a firm believer that, you know, nobody likes to be sold something, but everybody likes to buy. 
And so we have to create an environment where at the end of it, by we teach a lot of uh, neuro-linguistic programming and selling to groups of people, speaking to the subconscious, uh, where at the end of the presentation, they just naturally want to do business with you. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's strategic in, in how we, we take people on an emotional journey uh, and create an environment where they can just naturally make that decision. Now, there's certainly things like sense of urgency, you know, that, that has to be in place. You have to give them a, a date and a time to be able to make a, a decision. Every buying decision is an emotional decision, but it has to be backed by logic. You know, there's so many uh, salespeople or even like car sales. It's like, today only 40% off or, you know, it's like, that's not a real number. And, and people today are, are, they're smart, right? They're not, they're educated. The old sales ta- tactics and techniques of the, you know, the eighties and even nineties, like that stuff doesn't work anymore. It, so it's still an emotional decision. Every buying decision is emotional, but it has to make sense. Otherwise they're feeling like they're being sold. They're pressured into something when they know they can just get the discount you know, at a, at a later date. So it's got to make sense logically for them to feel good about making that actual decision. Yeah. I love that. Um, people hate being sold, but everyone loves buying. That's uh, right. a great, just like a paradigm shift, right? So I, I assume you're talking about uh, kind of dinner party setting. I assume with everything that's going on in the world right now, are you bringing this online or is it already online before all this happened? No. So COVID was really like a, a blessing for us because it was a version for the last decade. It was all just selling in live in-person events. So we would book venues like in, in restaurants, like a private room. Um, I, I particularly like a, a, a restaurant as opposed to like a hotel conference room uh, just because it's a more comfortable environment. It's less uh, timeshare salesy where it's like you're you know you'd lock the doors and you can't get out until you say yes um so we don't want that to come across but when when uh you know back in march man can you believe it's almost been a year already since this craziness started we had here in the u.s uh where where i'm located we had over 300 events um that we had to cancel that like what second week of march i remember getting the news on that monday i was in arizona um, on vacation with my wife and uh, I got the news and I never worked so hard in my life during that one week of quote unquote vacation because we had over 300 events here in the States that we had to, they were canceled. The restaurants were completely shut down. So we had to pivot. You know, I've never heard that word so much than this year or, you know, 2020, where we had to pivot in, in our business and take things online to a webinar format. Um, which is something that I'd wanted to to do in the past. I just never took the time to do it until you're like put in a position where it's like, dude, you want to eat, you better take some time to do this. So uh, that's what we did. And, um, you know, we had some decent success with it, but it's still online, you know, even our discussion right now, there's still a component that isn't passed through versus just being live and in person, you know, being able to shake somebody's hand, look at them in person, in the eyes, that personal connection. There's nothing that's going to beat that from a, a conversion standpoint. If we're, if we're looking at like, you know, webinars are great, but you typically got to get a, a thousand people on there to have enough. The numbers just work. The metrics break down differently versus if I have 30 people in a room I, I know a certain percentage that I'm going to close and it's always going to be a higher percentage than actually online. So we were for six weeks, we were all completely online. 
Um, it was a, a new adjustment, uh, but we, you know, we still were, you know, successful with it, but it wasn't near the success that we experienced by uh, the second week of May. All of our reps and clients were back um, doing live events. Now we had certain restrictions, you know, 10 people in a room, certain states here in the U.S. Some are, uh, I'm sure you've, you've heard of the political environment here. Some states are a little bit more restrictive than others, just depending upon the color of that state and their, their stance. But we've, we've been, we've played that game. You know, I, I'm a firm believer, you, you, you have to play the cards you're dealt. And so we've been playing with it, with the cards that we've, we've been dealt um, and just, just monitoring where we can host these events with less restrictions and, and working where we're, we're wanted, uh, not necessarily where we're needed. Um, and, and that's been a big shift for us. But uh, 2020, in all reality, has, has been one of our most profitable years uh, over the last decade in, in doing uh, dinner seminars, which has been great. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and I 100% see how, you know, having a real 3D human in front of you just gives you so much more faith to buy, right? It's like, okay, this is a real person. Like, I've, I've witnessed them in the flesh. It's not just somebody on a screen. So yeah. what kind of difference are we talking, like, versus a webinar to a live event? What kind of, like, percentages are we talking, roughly? Well, we do, I think people learn differently and how they receive information. It's, it's different for each person. And, and when I'm speaking to a group of people, you know, people, some people are more visual learners. So, some people, we call this the VAK model, a visual learner, an auditory learner, where they just have to hear the words and they're, they're receiving that information. And then some people are more kinesthetic. And they're the ones that typically like to see examples or touch and feel something, or they want to test drive the car versus a visual person just wants to see that it's blue and they, they'll buy it, right? Versus an auditory person like wants to hear the way it sounds when it, yeah. like, so when, you, when you're speaking to a group of people, whether it's online or even in person, I want to make sure that I'm using the language and, and even the props, if I have to. So a kinesthetic person online, I might not be able to physically give them something to touch and feel and hold that, that's, that they like to make their decisions based upon. So that person may be a more of a challenge of a sale to get them to buy into what it is that we're, we're offering versus somebody that's just visual where I can show a, you know, a slideshow and they get it. They got it. They like graphs, right? Or an auditory person would still be fine, you know, having a conversation like this. Um, so there's just different challenges on speaking to groups of people. And whenever I'm doing a group presentation versus one-on-one, for example, a one-on-one -on -one client, I can learn their language. And, and what I mean by that is it, by actively listening to the type of questions that they're asking. For example, if I ask them a question uh, and, and they respond with, well, I just don't see what you're, what you're saying here, or uh, I, I'm just not hearing what you're saying, or I don't feel this, right? So those are, those are words that I need to be conscious of. You know, a, when they say the word see, I don't see what you're saying. I, I'm internally knowing that that person is a visual learner. That's how they receive information. If they, if they don't hear what I'm saying, and this is how we, we teach our clients to effectively ask questions, but more importantly, actively listen. Because most people have the intent when they're asking questions, they're not really in, their intent isn't to even hear what they're saying. They're already thinking of how they're going to overcome the rebuttal or, you know, the objection where we teach our clients to really thoroughly receive that information, understand what they're saying, and that's going to allow you to adjust the way you speak to them.
right? One-on-one, that's a pretty easy pickup. But when, it, when you're dealing with 20, 30 people or a webinar of 100, 200, 1,000 people, you need to make sure that you sprinkle in that language throughout each presentation. That way, each person can feel a connection with you because you've spoken their specific language. Yeah. Right. So to, to answer your question uh, online, it can be a challenge getting somebody that wants to touch and hold something unless you can you can send them, you know, a proposal and they can, you know, flip it open or feel it, touch it, whatever, it, whatever the product or service is, is that you have is going to vary, of course. Um, but the, the, the point is we want to make sure that we're using all of the, that VAK model, visual, auditory and then kinesthetic uh, words or props, slideshows, videos, things like that, that can speak to each person's actual language. That's awesome, man. And, you know, I really like what you're saying there about um, how you need to, how you can adapt and and kind of apply your message to, to, to each individual person. There's been so many times I've got on a sales call with somebody and you just know exactly what question's coming next because they're reading the same script that everyone else is reading. <laughs> right. like question oh, right. man. It's just Pull painful. your hair out on those. It's yeah. Like, dude, Put the script away and just have a conversation with me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so what does that look like then in terms of, because in, in, in a typical sales environment, right, as, as far as I would consider a typical sales environment, it's one person you're selling to. So is, are you asking people questions or are you just, is it literally like a webinar presentation, but in person, what does that selling environment actually look like? Yeah, well, in speaking to groups of people, it's, it's definitely important to make, the, to get them engaged. Uh, and really, every five to seven minutes, I'm going to make sure that I'm either asking a question, um, I'm getting them to raise their hand if it's live in person. You know, I'm going to clap my hands to to wake them up, just because naturally we have short attention spans, right? It's like we, if you're not piquing my interest, I'm on my phone or I'm especially online. You know, if, if they can be doing a billion different things, they can be surfing the web and not even watching you. Uh, so they're not paying attention, right? You don't have their full attention. However, if I can pick somebody out or if I can, you know, a live event, for example, I'm very conscious of remembering one or two people's first names before I start my presentation. Because I, if I can touch one person in, the, in an event, I can touch them all. Because if I can, if I can call you out randomly mid-sentence, I met you 30 minutes ago, but I, in the middle of my presentation, I can say, Dave, what do you think about this? Immediately, you're like, shoot, this guy knows my name. And so does everybody else. And then they're thinking, man, he might call on me next. So I better be paying attention. And so uh, doing things along those lines, and that can be done on a webinar as well, but making sure if it's a chat box, every five to seven minutes, you're getting them to throw something in the chat. You're getting them to, you're asking them to, to raise their hand, to answer a question. You're getting them to engage with you. Otherwise, people zone off and they're thinking about the other 45 other things they've got going on throughout the day. So if you want to keep their attention, make sure that you're engaging and asking the questions, uh, interrupting their, their normal patterns by, you know, slapping your hand on the desk or clapping your hands, things along those lines. That, that's a pattern interrupt that just gets them engaged. So they're going to be listening, actively listening to what you're actually saying. Got it. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, it varies from use case to use case that there's going to be, obviously the products are going to vary. What kind of thing does this work best for? Who's the perfect kind of client with, with advantage? You bet. So when we're doing live events, um, it takes some money to put these things together, you know, with, without a doubt. So this is definitely a higher ticket sale when we're, when we're physically putting people in a room Believe it or not, we do a ton of direct mail 
that, that gets people, I, I love direct mail and a lot of people think it's like such an archaic way of, of advertising, at least here in the States. Um, and it, it, I love it because people that respond to direct mail are, are quick thinkers, right? They're, they're getting something in the mail because most people are checking their mail right over their garbage can. And they're, they're, and I have to catch their attention right away. So it's garbage, garbage, garbage. Oh, what's this? Uh, steak dinner, they're going to teach me about solar, right? Bam. They're, they're, then they can call and register right away. It's a quick call to action because those are the people that make decisions. So right out the gates, I'm naturally attracting the person that makes decisions versus the person like a Facebook ad, nothing wrong with it. It's just a different type of buyer. Usually they're shoppers, right? They, they see an ad on, you know, it has to go across their Facebook page seven to 12 times before they finally respond to it. And then they're like, okay, cool. They're online. They're surfing the web. They're shopping. And I don't, I don't want a price shopper. I want somebody, somebody that's going to buy not based on price, but based upon the value that I bring to them. So we, we take all that into consideration with the type of product that we're looking to sell, right? And at the end of the day, the presenters, our clients, they aren't selling the products. They're selling themselves, and that's what we really, really hit home on is, is this whole format is all about know, like, and trust, right? Because most products out there, unless you're a unicorn, most products are commodities, right? It's like financial advisors here in the States use this model all the time. I can buy an annuity from 14 different companies, right? I can, I, it's a commodity. Solar, I can buy it from, I can probably buy it from 35 different companies within the half hour of my house right now right? It's, but why would they buy it from you? That's the most important component to this is getting them to know you. They like you, you know, as long as you're not a, a dope and you can present well and you're likable and then you gain their trust. Like the law of reciprocity comes into play with our events. We've brought, we've invited them out. I'm buying them a nice steak dinner, right? Or, or chicken dinner, or vegetarian dish, whatever it is. I'm, I'm giving before I ever ask for anything. And at the end of it, I simply, I'm not even asking for a sale at the end of it. If we use solar, for example, as I, because I mentioned that, that's a higher ticket item, right? It's, we're not, if you're selling a $48 widget, I'm not the company for you. Like it, uh, I potentially could be if there was additional uh, lifetime value to that customer, right? Like if the entry point was 48 bucks to get this, and then I have a $10,000 upsale, or, you know, whatever it is, uh, that then could make sense. But typically it is, you're, you're spending a few thousand bucks to probably fill this event. You know, we're buying a meal depending upon if it's at the fancy Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, or if it's at our, I don't know if you have those restaurants over there, but, or at our local, uh, Lone Star Steakhouse where you can get a, a, yeah. a 999 <laughs> steak, right? Yeah. So it just depends. And all that comes into play with who is our client? Where do they eat right now? That's in their normal environment, right? A local place that they probably know. We're going to get a higher response rate versus saying, you know, come to a downtown fancy restaurant that you got a valet park or you've got to, you know, park in a ramp and walk three miles to get there. Like we want to make sure all barriers to entry are, are very minimal. So that when they show up, they're happy, they're in a good mood. We gain that know, like, and trust. And, uh, and then we, you know, present and at the end, we simply ask for an appointment, right? We don't, we don't really teach people rah, 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 rush to the back of the room. That's great. If you're like a real estate course guy selling that $48 widget or class or book or course, whatever it is. 
Um, it works for that, but typically they have a ton of chargebacks because they, they were very good at getting people emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then an hour passes and they're like, what the hell did I just buy? Like, you know, where this is like, no, just give me an appointment because I need to sit down with you and, and provide you. I don't even know if this is going to be a good fit. You know, I, I like you. I know you, you trust me. Let me just advise you on this. And if it is one-on-one, I can present the actual price. So it's a two-step approach that we've really mastered here versus the, the one call close, you know, rah, 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 rush to the back of the room. But what's the most important part to this, as, as we mentioned earlier, is that sense of urgency. The reason why they would want to meet with you the very next day, because we don't want these to cool off by any means. We still want to engage with them when they're excited. So we help create that sense of urgency, you know, throughout the presentation on why they should meet with you immediately so they can get the actual proposal, and then ultimately have the ability to make that buying decision. Makes a lot of sense, man. And I, I love that you're using direct mail as well. I, I mean, it absolutely makes sense, right? Because you're doing local events that are local to an area and therefore right. you've got a catchment area. It's, it's, it makes sense. And I think it's something which people really overlook as well because everyone's just like, Facebook ads, Facebook ads, YouTube ads, YouTube ads. And obviously Facebook ads and YouTube ads have their place. Obviously, I'm sure, sure. an agency. We do nothing but Facebook and YouTube ads. But... I think people overlook these um, the fact that really all you're trying to do is influencing a person, right? And thinking about where are they at, and as you said, like where where would it make sense to them in in terms of like somewhere to eat, where what would actually um, kind of turn into action and get them excited. So, yeah. what does the kind of sales process look look like after that? Are you actually getting people back into a room to close them on that second that second call, or is it over the phone at that point? It's uh, dependent again, depending upon the product. It's usually a one-on-one appointment, either in your office, if you have a local office or going directly to their home. Right. Like for solar example, you need to know what their roof looks like, which side's facing south, you know, the pitch of it, all of that comes into play. So that gives me a reason to get into their home. No like, and trust. They love me from the presentation. Now I'm just asking for their address and a time tomorrow to come over and give them the proposal. Right. And then I can give a a, a beautiful printout and provide it to them and sit down and tell them how, you know, what the price is and, you know, ultimately ask for the sale, right? Uh, we've done this uh, for a lot. Anything in the home remodeling space, we crush it with, right? Because like windows, siding, uh, bathroom remodels. Um, my very first company was selling insulation, like literally in the attic. Dude, I, I'm the least mechanical person on the face of this earth. Like my wife hung the pictures in, in our house here. If she wouldn't have been here, I wouldn't have anything on the walls. Like, so, so it, the product is irrelevant. And what I mean by that is like insulation, dude, I, I, it keeps your house warm in the winter. It keeps it cool in the summer. That's all I know about it. And it's all I had to know about it. All I needed to do was create some stories on how it could save money, how it can make you feel comfortable. And so it, it, and when, we're, when we're talking about you know, a lot of people in sales, as you know, they, they talk a lot about just the features and, and you know, how great it is. And we've always heard the story of, you know, people don't buy a drill because they want a drill. They want the drill because they want a hole, right? But we take it even so much deeper to, in order to be able to speak to the subconscious. We want to, nobody wants a hole in their wall. Like what the hell does a hole do in your wall? It's ugly. People want a hole in the wall so they could put a screw in there but then what does that do except snag your shirts when you walk by it? Like they want the hole in the wall so the screw can be in the wall so they can hang the picture in the wall. But it's not even just what the picture does on the wall. It's, it's the feeling that people get 
the prideful feeling of when you enter my home, what it's going to feel like when you see this beautiful family portrait of, of us on the wall. Like we get to the benefits of the benefits of the benefits. And that's how we get people emotionally to, to take them on this journey where it's, it's a no brainer for them to, to take action and do business with us. And, and that's, that's how we coach and we, we teach our presentations regardless of the product. I don't care what the product is. People are people and they, they all make decisions. We just have to give them a reason to make that decision. And the only way we do that is if we can get to them to emotionally anchor that decision to what it would feel like if they had it or even just as strong, what it would feel like if they didn't take action with you and being able to speak to that. And that, that's how we get people to actually make decisions. That's awesome. Man. I love the, uh, the, the explanation that you just gave of the benefits, the benefits, the benefits. I think that's the best I've ever heard that described. So as far as I understand it, then if you were doing, um, if you're doing insulation, then you'd be pitching them on the idea of a beautiful, warm um, Christmas day, sat around yeah. the fire with the family, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I'd take them back like, man, what's, remember like what it felt like getting out of the shower and that shower curtain would like blow up against you because of that cold draft in the winter months and how annoying that was. And like the feeling of being able to, I just wanted to get out of my shower and not be freezing out of my hot shower. Nobody likes to get out of that shower and be freezing and what that felt like. And imagine what that would feel like if we had that insulation that kept your home nice and cozy and warm. You no longer had to deal with that annoyance of being cold. And just taking them on that type of journey where they're like, shit, yeah, I, that's that's me. I want to do that. Like, how do we do this? Fine here. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible, man. Really, really cool. So what's your backstory then? How did you get into this? You said your first business was with insulation. How did you get into, into selling? Yeah, man. Um, I So I grew up, I'm, I'm 35 now. I started my first presentation company, seminar company back in 2011. Um, so about almost a decade ago, July will be 10 years ago. And up, leading up until this point, I was always kind of a, had that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, even at a young age, I started my, my first company. I was with, an, with a network marketing company called Herbalife at the age of 15, um, which I, I totally drank the Kool-Aid and, and dove head in. You know, it, it was awesome. It was a great learning experience in my life. I learned a ton. Um, from a from a personal development standpoint, so that sparked my entrepreneurial spirit. What I didn't like about that was always having to hound my friends and family uh, for business, right? Like I didn't want to do that. I wanted to develop a system that I could drive cold traffic, people I've never met before, to because I I just didn't want to be the guy that was always had an ulterior motive of come on over and hang out. Oh, by the way, you're sitting in on my Tupperware party or, you know, whatever. Um, I just didn't want to be that guy. It's like, when we hang out, let's just, let's just hang out. Um, so I, I came across through multiple different adventures. I came across this ad on Craigslist. I was at one of my, I'd made a decent amount of coin in my life uh, at up until 24, you know, and I, I had on my last business venture was uh, opening up operations down in Mexico, completely failed. I invested pretty much everything that I had into it. I leased my home out here in the States and the Mexican government shut us down. I found it was on a flight back to the US uh, with hardly any money and found my wife and I sleeping on my sister's couch. And so it was a, it was a soul searching time of like, what the heck am I going to do now? Um, again, only I was only 24, so still pretty young, but it was like, what am I going to do? And I came across this ad on, on Craigslist of all, you remember Craigslist? Is that still a, a thing? I don't even know. 
I imagine it is. Um, but it was the ad said work work three days a week and make ten thousand bucks. And I thought, yeah, right. Uh, but of course, I had to inquire upon it, and um, I did. And the gentleman started talking about doing these seminars, and it didn't really hit for, hit home to me like what it was until he invited me out to sit in on one of his his seminars. And I drove down as a couple hours, and I sat. I walked in a room, and there was like twenty five people sitting facing forward, uh, salads in front of them, listening to this guy pitch them essentially. And at the end of it, he simply asked for an appointment. He got seven appointments. And then he met with him the very next day and sold a few of those deals. And I thought, oh my, holy cow, like this guy wasn't even good, number one. And I was like, he did that. And what what rocked my world was everything that I had done up until that point was selling one-on-one. And depending upon what the product was, it could be an hour up to a three-hour presentation and then still trying to close the deal. And I thought, man, this cat just did this in an hour and a half to 25 people. So he leveraged his time because that at three hours, 25 people, that could be seven, that could be an entire week that he put within an hour and a half. He gained the no like, and trust. He only then met with those that cared enough to know what the price was. So it's like he, 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 he saved a ton of time, got rid of the riffraff. He just sifted the sand, right? It's, it's really what, what we do now is, is we hear a lot about funnels online is we have an offline funnel. Like we get people to the event, we we do a presentation, we ask for the appointment, we get the appointment, we meet with them the very next day, we close a handful of those and it's just it's just sifting the sand and only meeting with those that actually want what we have to offer. And that's what rocked my world. I was like, dude, if this guy could do this in one and a half hours, I'll do one of these every single week, I'll crush this. And, and I thought it was going to be an easy thing. It's like, let's just do this. So I, I started my first company. Um, I, I knew I had 673 bucks in my bank account at this time. This is like one of the lowest points in my life. Thankfully, I had a credit card. But most importantly, I had a burning desire for more. Because as smart as I was um, at this time, I got my wife pregnant as well. So why not? 600 bucks in your bank account, failed business venture. Let's, let's have a baby too while we're at it. That's awesome. um, <laughs> it was kind of like do or die. My back was against the wall. I had to make this thing work. And I, I sent out some postcards, you know, just the little, what, four by six postcards back then. A few people showed up. I stumbled through it. I made a couple sales. And what I did was I continued to invest back into my company and invest back into my company. This would have been July of 2011 um, from zero well, 673 bucks to the end of that year. So six full months of seminars, um, I'd done 2.1 million in sales and not really knowing what the heck I was doing. Um, but it was a very exciting time. So at that point I was like, all right, let, I, I can hire people to do this. Let's start recruiting. So I, uh, at the, by the end of 2012, I had 26 sales crews across 38 of, of the States here in the U S of the, over 50 States or across the country. And, um, we were, we were running every single week and it was a well-oiled machine. Um, at that point it was like, all right, uh, what else could I sell? Cause I, I realized that the product was irrelevant. So what else could I implement in here? And, um, over the last decade now, um, I've started, uh, eight separate companies. Every single one of those has hit seven and a couple of those we've taken to eight figures within the very first year of each. Um, and that's how we've, we've done over 125 million in sales solely using this seminar format. 
Um, and again, multiple different products and industries. And, and, and through that process, it, again, the, the product is completely irrelevant. I want to make sure, and, and I'm irrelevant in this as well. It's, it's the system that works so well. And, and when I had that realization about, you know, five, six years ago, I just had this, like, I, I had zero passion for any of the products that I was selling, like didn't care anything about it. Well, my passion was, was, was for my family and providing the lifestyle that, you know, I'd already always dreamed of for them. So I knew the product was irrelevant. And rather than me just starting the next company, finding the next product, I thought, man, could I teach people how to do this? Like, is the system the actual product? And that, and that was then the birth of what is now what we call the social dynamic selling system in which we've more so uh, transitioned to consulting and coaching clients, how to implement this sales and marketing strategy into their business um, versus me actually owning the business. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's very, very cool. Like w- what a great story. And, and you know, the, the kind of the inspiration, let's call it, that you have underneath you in that situation, you know, getting you back pushed into a corner and then figuring a way out is yeah, really, really great, man. So how do you help people now? Like if somebody's listening and they want to learn more about the social dynamic sound system, how can they get involved with you if they're not in Minnesota with you? Yeah. So the easiest obviously is probably our website, social dynamic selling dot com is the site you can download a free like blueprint on there um, I've, I've broken it into six basic stages or steps that we take our our new uh, consultant our clients through when we're consulting with them um, but the first thing is really just schedule a strategy call because number one we want to make sure that this makes sense before you invest any type of money we want to make sure that your product or your service would make sense financially for something like this again if you got a 48 dollars widget no additional upside probably not the program for you. Um, we could direct you to some, some other options, but if you would just want to have a conversation, you're like, man, I could this work? Happy to do that. We do 30 minute strategy sessions. Um, either someone from my team, um, a handful of them, I, I take on my myself as well. And you can schedule that um, again, it's totally free right on uh, socialdynamicselling.com. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we'll make sure that the all of the links that you just mentioned are, are on the website on and around the podcast for anyone listening. So, Riley, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak to us and, and share your wisdom. A really, really incredible story and, and great concepts. Thanks, man. Absolutely, Dave. Yeah, been fun, man. Thank you. This has been the Viral by Design podcast with Dave Rothero. For more viral marketing secrets and to get detailed cliff notes on all episodes, visit viralbydesign.net.